You are Locked On Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wow, what was that? We talked all week about everything that should happen and what we needed to do, and then that first half was like playing Madden with a nine-year-old. That's that's what that was like. I've seen that. That was like playing Madden with a nine-year-old in the first half of that game. And Texas Tech got out to a 26-7 lead. And... You take that away. Take that first half away. Different ballgame. All Ole Miss needs to do, if you change one thing, and that is Ole Miss punts the ball on fourth down, that is a different ballgame. I don't want to hear any more about analytics. Analytics does never say go for it from your own 10-yard line. I think analytics is just an excuse. Just an excuse for him to do whatever he wants to do. Consequence be damned. And Joey McGuire and Texas Tech were fired up. They deserve this game. Whatever I say after this, they deserve this game. And they have my ultimate respect. I love their offense and their defense played so hard. Just like I said all week that Texas Tech plays unbelievably hard. And they did that. They weren't necessarily good or better than Ole Miss. They won the game, though, and they deserve to win the game. Lane Kiffin, the $9 million a year head coach, got outcoached by a first-year coach out of high school. That that happened tonight. And his give-a-crap was so low about this game a, I don't think that I don't know if the Texas Bowl will ever invite us back again. I mean, we're going to have to deal with that forever. The, I mean, what they did in the first half made a mockery of actual football, and we're going to have to live with that. And we got the display on national TV tonight, and everybody got to see that. That that, like I said, nine-year-old playing Madden. Consequence be damned. So we're going to talk a little bit about some positives from this bowl game. And there's some positives and negatives and some things that needs to go. You know, Ole Miss was not able to really run the football tonight. We told you all week if Ole Miss couldn't run the football, they were in trouble. So they couldn't run the football. That on the insistence of running inside zone on fourth down and three or shorter Every single time when Texas A&M had that just diagnosed. Texas Tech started inside of Ole Miss's territory six times, six possessions. To give you guys perspective of that, the average football game is 12, perspe- 12 possessions long. Six possessions starting in Ole Miss's territory. So... I, I I don't know what to say because whenever I talked about earlier this week, I was like, 
Good game, man. Y'all, you guys deserve to win. Um, congratulations. I love your offense, um, SK. I really do love Texas Tech's offense and the way they, they put it together. They, they were really good, and they deserve to win the game. So, I, 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 just, I just don't. I don't understand where to go from this because I talked all week and I did talk all week about how no real loss would affect anything because it is a bowl game. It is an exhibition. All of that stuff is true, but I also talked about how important it was for Ole Miss. So you end up in a situation to where the goodwill that he needed to build back, they, he needed to get momentum back. That is now delayed. And that is probably significantly delayed. I am honestly not expecting the second half of the transfer portal window to go as well as it could have gone if Ole Miss had won this game. And the momentum they could have built back by winning this game. I think Ole Miss desperately needs um, work on the trenches. Absolutely, the the offensive line tonight. Jackson Dart may have may have had four turnovers tonight. He deserves a medal because they beat him every single drop back, and he made some dimes and some great throws. And every time he threw the ball, he got hit, and you just felt bad for him at the end of that game. And it's a situation where, A, two things can be true at once. Jackson Dart had his Matt Corral game, his Matt Corral-Arkansas game where leadership was built on that team. They saw him take the beating. It is his team moving forward, period. Second, too much was on his shoulders they um, told him to force the ball downfield. Trigg was non-existent. You know how angry it made me that Michael Trigg was lined up incorrectly in game 13 on a play where he actually did what we wanted him to do. We saw 20 personnel in this game. There were so many things that could have been excited about, you know, that you could think about. But it is what it is. So... We have to think about how we will, let's say, approach 2023. Because now it's a build. You've got to build. You've got to go through. You've got to try and fix the um, transfer portal as best you can. You have to try and sign some kids in the late signing period as best you can. And you need to figure out exactly how you're going to hit spring practice. Because, A, this offense is fantastic when you're a front runner. When you get off to the good start, you have the lead. It is perfect for that. It is not perfect for falling behind. And if you're in an offense like that where falling behind is so imperfect, where you're at a severe disadvantage when you fall behind, why would you risk those massive momentum swings by going for it all the time on fourth down? 
if Ole Miss never goes for it again, or at least doesn't go for it for two years, I'm, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty done with analytics at this point. I, I just want to punt the football. Every possession end in a kick and play murder ball for like Nick Saban did in 2010. I think that is the good thing. Whenever Ole Miss has the league, they're fine. But if Ole, if the other team gets the lead on Ole Miss and forces them to do what something other than that that run game that is so good, Ole Miss is in a little bit of trouble. And part of that is on Jackson Dart because let's say let's admit it at this point. The quarterback competition and charade at the beginning of the season affected his development through the season. It just did. The Jackson Dart that we saw against State could have been browned by Alabama. This could have been a different Jackson Dart in this bowl game. And even though you can see all the flashes there, but he's not as good as he could have been. And that's upsetting to me. Um, Quinshawn Judkins finished up as the second all-time Freshman rusher um, passing Nick Chubb tonight. So he did do that. He came, fell about 50 yards short of Herschel Walker's reference. Um, now, we have to figure out what we're going to do defensively with this team. I am, like I said, I am not a three-man or four-man defense person. Uh, I, 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 I just see that team after team after team attacks this defense the exact same way. Which means this defense has a weakness, like a legit weakness, and we can't stop it. So if everybody is going to do that, now this would be one thing if Texas Tech just said, okay, we're going to throw the ball 65 times a game. And, you know, then the 3 2 would be fine because you're not running to that exact spot. Um, Ryan Firing Lane is not an option um, because they would owe him $36 million. Lane's going nowhere unless he chooses to. So defensively, this has to change a little bit. I don't think they're going to change necessarily totally from the 326 as long as Chris Partridge is there. Period. Maurice Crum is a four-down guy. He was at Western Kentucky with the offensive coordinator for Texas Tech. So they went against each other every day in practice for a year. So he would know exactly what gives them problem. They would know what gives Maurice Crum problems. And we still ran the, the same stuff that we always do and put that on film. And Texas Tech was willing to run the ball. Um, Tyler Shuck, 100 yards rushing, really physical runner um, on the power, did a fantastic job. He played a heck of a game. He was a couple of erratic passes away from an elite game. One of those Texas Tech games that just get remembered forever. Um, and he, uh, but every time it was fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three, you knew what play Texas Tech was going to run. They ran it, the guy got it by a yard, and they just kept moving on down the field. 
And this year, it was a horrible close. Horrible close to the year. Now, I'm going to um, have to do some ads here in just a second. But um, when we talk about it, when we come forward after this break, we're going to talk about how that first half was an embarrassment to football. And the officiating decisions that happened in the second half were likely a result for us just flaunting football in the first half. I'll give you some hope in just a second, Ryan. I, I honestly will. We're going to talk next year in segment three. There's, there's hope. There's a lot of really good players on this team. But we, we just have to um, get to that. Anyway, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline is your number one source for your sports betting information, news, stats, development, analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball to World Cup, they have it all, betonline.net. If you love sports podcasts, they even have those there as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole podcast your first listen today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Um, including YouTube, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and participate in the conversation by commenting down below or upvoting the video itself. Now, what we had in that first half, we talked about it being like a nine-year-old playing Madden. It was embarrassing. It was really, really bad. It was somebody determined not to punt. And... It's like the Arkansas football coach that um, only onside kicks and never punts no matter where it is, and they tried to do that in college at Presbyterian, and he got beat like 85 to nothing a couple of times. It, the same thing happened, and they flaunted and just kept giving the ball over to Texas Tech, and, their, and it, it was just became a fiasco and a laughing stock. Now, I saw some posts online. This ball doesn't mean anything. It's an exhibition. That's the reason everybody's going for it. Uh, and stuff like that. Well, it means something to the people that dropped $1,000 to go watch that game in person. To go party, go have a good time. Go gather as fans representing your brand. It means something to the thousands of people that rush to the Grove Collective to raise it up to a level to where all of a sudden, Ole Miss was okay. Now, because of that, because of the age of NIL, because of those things, bowl games are not meaningless. They're not meaningless exhibitions because they make the lifeblood of your program now happy. And them donating to the program is how it's going to get better. Um, Tyrone Green asks, is Ole Miss a better school than Auburn? Um, I don't know how Auburn did in their bowl game, so I'll have to get back to you. But they, if they won their bowl game, um, they probably are doing better than Ole Miss. But if they didn't go to a bowl game, they probably aren't as good as Ole Miss. 
that, that that's kind of the way that works year in and year out. So in this age of NIL, it's very important that your fan base stays happy. These games have to be taken seriously because your fan base, who is your lifeblood of your program, demands it. Because now they have more power than they ever had. Before, back whenever they were, I don't know, um, let's, let's say they were buying players back in the day, whenever, whenever under the table stuff was happening. You had about 15 people that were involved in your program. 15 people that you had to make happy. That's the reason places like Ole Miss, places like Auburn, places like Tennessee have fantasy camps and things like that to bring them in, to get them gifts, to wine them and dine them, let them get around the program. That's the reason they used to do that. Well, now, instead of those 15 people, it's 5,000 people. It's 6,000 people. It's the people that are buying the tickets to the football game. These are likely all season ticket holders. They're doing what they can to make it as good as it can be because you told them they do. They do. But whenever you disregard something that is so meaningful to them, that's going to make it harder to ask them for money in the future. That is going to make it harder for them to give up money in the future. See, this bowl game situation needs to get fixed. Because in the end of the day, all of this NIL and stuff makes the fans that much more important. And if the fans get down, your NIL is going to go down, which means you are going to lose your job as a football coach. So we need to get away from this narrative that bowl games are exhibitions and meaningless. They might be meaningless to a player. They might be meaningless to Lane Kiffin. They are not meaningless to that program. They are not meaningless to that school. And everybody that is staying up to right now, 12.30, 1 o'clock, it's not meaningless to them. So, don't put down bowl games. And don't discount what we just saw. Because that was probably the only way to actually lose that bowl game. If you played it straight up and lost a bowl game and Texas Tech beat you, that is absolutely fine. If Jackson Dart threw a couple of interceptions, everything besides the first half, if that went on and Ole Miss lost the game, we're fine, we're golden. But whenever you make it to where we go through that, we see that, we see that something we care about, you don't care about. That is problematic. And honestly, a little bit hard to deal with from time to time. So let me look at the chat. I got to bring open the chat window real quick because there's so many people talking and it's moving so quickly. Um, Yeah, um, basically we had 
have some Auburn people that want to come in here and do that because I guess they assume that I'm going to change my take because they went five and seven and they hired an Ole Miss reject coach. I, I don't understand. Yeah, that's fine. But good luck to Auburn. I hope Hugh Freeze does really well. So, official Trent says, why does the offense change so much from last year? And that happened because of Zach Evans and Quinshawn Judkins. Zach Evans was the heralded um, running back that they got, and Quinshawn was a surprise. They wanted to feature them, so they changed the offense that much. Now, I had questions about whether or not Michael Trigg wanted to go over the middle. And tonight... Tonight, he didn't. And that's a problem. That means that Ole Miss probably does need to get in the transfer portal for a tight end. What I saw tonight I did not did not bring me hope for him for the future. Now, Jackson Dart, the wide receivers, those guys, I am all about them. They're going to be fine in the future. They're going to be fine next year. I think Ole Miss can win eight, nine games um, again next season, maybe even more than that. But defensively, they need to, I'm not going to say change the scheme, but they need to vary the scheme. They need to evolve the scheme because the 3-2-6 can handle play volume, which theoretically, whenever they're humming, they need. But they need somebody that can handle that area of the field that they, everybody likes to run the ball on. Maybe you can change J.J. Pegues out to a five technique, playing instead of where Tavius Robinson plays. Gives you a little bit more size on that side. And then you have Sunterine Perkins and those guys. Maybe getting a Dari Halsey, who's 220 pounds. Those become your box safeties. Um, I, I, I don't know. Anyway. So, I, um, Andrew Hoggate says Weiss needs to go. That I don't know because this is Lane's offense. Whatever offense is running, it's not Charlie Weiss Jr. Charlie Weiss Jr. is not calling a play in this offense. Everything is done with Lane Kiffin in mind. Every, everything that he this offense is is what he, exactly what he wants. In fact, Everything that the defensive coordinator, Chris Partridge, does, Lane Kiffin wants. So, I'm kind of, it is what it is. So, real quick, I do want to tell you about the NTSA Drive Sober Tsunami. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many, and as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. In this age of Uber, it doesn't make any sense to drive anyway. Just call an Uber, go home. Play it safe, plan ahead, get a ride. 
It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right. Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. And, of course, comment down below and upvote the video itself. The chat is humming right now. So let's talk about next year. So Jackson Dart, if now everything I say is under the understanding that if he gets through in the spring practice, works on it, gets going through summer, all of the stuff that needs to happen happens because I think it will. Jackson Dart, it looks like that guy when it comes to demanding respect of his teammates. But I think he has a chance to be a really good quarterback. Now, he did have his game. He did not have a six-interception game like Matt Corral. He did not have a five-interception game like Matt Corral. But he did turn the ball over today. This was his Matt Corral game. This was that game. Now, he made some really good passes, and they just beat him to a bloody pulp in the game. And to the point where I just felt sorry for him. So he has a chance to be better and take a major step moving forward. Now, I like Jonathan Mingo and I like Malik Keith. Okay, I, I want to say that right now in the front. They are not as talented as Trey Harris and Chris Marshall. That doesn't mean Trey Harris and Chris Marshall will be super great quarterback or wide receivers. That means they have the talent to be at a level above what we already have. Jordan Watkins made a really good catch during the game, had a chance as a slot receiver. Jalen Robinson didn't play. That That's kind of curious to me. I did not see him out there at all. The offensive line needs to be revamped. John Garrison has his work cut out for him. Jake Thornton. God bless him, obviously in over his hand. His offensive line was not good. And the fact that Ole Miss had elite running backs is the reason they rushed for so much yard. But Jackson Dart just got hammered. So, you have that. As somebody, I expect Jackson Dart to take a step. The wide receiver room has a chance to be really special. Especially if for some reason they get Deion Smith as well to where all of a sudden Deion Smith becomes the fourth or fifth wide receiver in this room. The offensive line needs some help. We need to find some bodies. And that could be in the locker room. That could be on the field because a new offensive line coach means changes regardless. He, he's interested in different things. Defensively, the, the ends have to get bigger. Have to. You can't have 250-pound ends on a three-man line. You can't not mix mixing them with a 205-pound safety on the outside. So, it is what it is. But we'll see exactly what they can do. They have a chance to improve over and over. There's good players on this team. What you saw is what happened after Alabama broke this team. Absolutely broke this team. The, the stuff that went on got in their head 
and the respect that was earned, all of a sudden it was gone. But we are going to be fine. Luke Shaw says we are going to be fine because we are going to be fine. Today, utterly embarrassing. And Lane Kiffin owes collective members and people that went to the game an apology. So, there's some stuff that needs to be taken care of in the offseason. Lane Kiffin has to be able and be willing to do that stuff. Because he doesn't have the momentum and the boost of a bowl win to go off of. And he just signed a contract for $9 million. And let me tell you what that means. When you sign a contract worth that much, part of that contract is me talking about that right now and doing what I'm doing. Part of, the, part of that is putting up with that. It isn't a situation where, oh, you're so negative. Oh, my goodness. You're going to hurt feelings. You're not a real rebel. No. That's, that's old thinking. That is back whenever we paid coaches $800,000. $9 million a year. Every coach that makes more money than Lane Kiffin in college football has made the college football playoff or at least gotten close. So, we are going to be criti critical. You, you've earned the right for me to be critical by signing that contract. You wanted it. You got it. Now you got to deal with it. And it's going to piss some people off. There's going to be some sunshine pumpers that are not happy with what's being said. But, it is what it is. Man, I love how awesome the chat's going tonight. It's fantastic. But understand this. Whenever people get on to you and claim you are being negative, they don't know what's going on. They're stuck in the past. They're, they either don't care or whatever's going on, but they're doing themselves a disservice by doing that. Somebody asked if that was the worst onside kick I'd ever seen. The worst onside kick I ever seen was actually by me. Um, fun story. In 1993, we played Louisville for the state championship in Jackson. I was I, I was a player at McGee. I was the field goal kicker for McGee. And we had a coach that assumed that an onside kick could only be kicked one done one way. So part of it was I had to go up soccer style. I had to torque my body and kick the ball to the left, you know, directly down the line. He would not let me come on, go with a straight on. He would not let me change my um, motion at all. So I had to go at a 45 degree angle this way and kick the ball at about a 90 degree angle this way. Well, I slipped on my plant foot and got underneath the ball and literally kicked it into the stands at Mississippi Memorial Stadium. That was the worst onside kick I've ever seen, and that was done by yours truly. Yeah, so thank you. Um, I don't, I don't know what to say, guys. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to say. I, the going for it thing needs to stop. It, it just needs to stop. 
analytics and all that was cute to start with. And we just don't know. I do appreciate all the Auburn people in the in the chat. That's pretty great. And the Texas Tech people as well. And and people that don't understand um the why Ole Miss wins video. So um it should be really good. But I do appreciate everybody coming on board the show. It's it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, 12 kits, we're gonna be fine. We're up to probably if you count the transfer portal, they're probably at what, 17? They're probably going to end up at somewhere around 25 or 30. Going to be fine. It's going to look all right. We just need to stop this extra stuff. If we do that, we're going to be all right. Because they sure have the talent to do it. They sure have the talent to do it. But team never punt that you hear. Um, Austin asked how am I feeling. I'm feeling fine. Um, I, you know, everybody should know, I, I follow, um, college sports and football a little bit different than most everybody else, because I spent multiple years inside the building, you know, where you have to deal with, you know, keep it kind of even killed. And I spent a decade in the media working for Yahoo and rivals.com. So losses never get me too down. I can tell it like it is and what's going on and I can see if there's a problem but there's never any real emotion um, going on with me um, Adam asks or um, Pass asks if Perkins graduated a year early would he make a difference on this defense and no, because honestly, because of development, that's all. Centurion Perkins is a fantastic player. But he would still only be 200, 205 pounds, and that physic problem still exists. Now, whenever he gets here, he has a chance to put on some weight and maybe get to 220-ish and play at that realm. That, that, that's my thing. Joey Shelton says, who do you think have stole more money from Mississippi, Kiffin or Brett Favre? That's... Funny. Um, pass rusher has to be the top of the Ole Miss board. Um, both of the trenches um, at the moment. Are coaches figuring Kiffin out? N no, they're not, Luke. They're not figuring Kiffin out. They're, they figured out that defense. The SEC was willing to take five yards at a time. The Big 12 would force a pass over and over and over again because that's what they did well. The SEC will take that five yards and just beat you into submission. That is what we saw with this defense. That's what they're doing. Uh, how do you feel about the recruiting class? The transport can't be a b way to build a sustainable program. Um, Tanner, uh, how do you know? Nobody knows that. That's just a take talking about JUCO football that's gone back um, 22 years. We don't really know. Let's see. You know, Malik Heath is um, graduated um, as well. But Trey Harris or Chris Marshall will fill that spot. Dayton Wade's back. Jordan Watkins back. 
receivers are going to be fine. That room's going to be great. And yeah, Yogi Chong says, Lane, punt dude. Yeah, exactly. Ross James, Oregon punter, Ole Miss fan. Spaghetti Burner says that. Very nice. Yeah, Tavius Robinson. Since 2020, he has really done um, fantastic work. And, yeah. So, all right, we're about to get out of here, and I'm about to go to bed. Just to let you know, tomorrow morning, I am going to Orlando for the Under Armour All-American Game Media Days, and I'm planning on getting an interview with Centarian Perkins and Aiden Williams. So, we're going to turn the page really, really quick. So, <laughs> that's funny. Ryan says, um, Lane needs an Ask um, Madden function on fourth down. Uh, that, that's actually pretty funny. But we're going to do that. We're going to um, go to practice on Friday. And I'll shoot some TikToks and tweet and all that stuff. Maybe YouTube shorts real quick of everything from practice. Reps with Aiden Williams. Reps with Suntarine Perkins. Um, so that should be really good. Um, I am going to try and do that, but this will be tomorrow's show as well. So in the morning for everybody that gets up, they can check out the reaction show, but Friday we'll do an actual show and I'll actually talk about what I saw at the Under Armour game and stuff like that. And probably bitch about this bowl game a little more to the point where, you know, the basketball game today was the highlight of the day. Think about that. The men's basketball game was the highlight of the day. But anyway, let me get out of here and go to sleep. I hope everybody has safe travels if you're coming back from the game. Um, and um, if not, sleep well. I will see you guys tomorrow. And I hope everything goes all right. Peace.